Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And every single week we get around this table and we just share life together. And Rachel, it's so fun doing this with you. I mean, it's it's become a habit I love. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, it's a weekly tradition for us, right? And so I, too, look forward to, um, you know, pausing in, in the busyness of my schedule and just sitting at the table with you and talking about what's on our heart or what's on our mind. You know, it's funny because when we take the time and we make the time for those special moments and those special people in our lives, then we look back on that time and we go, oh, I'm so glad I did that. I learned so much through that. And I'm not just talking about here around the Encouragement Cafe table. I'm talking about the traditions that we create in our families, in our in our friends and with the people we work with. I mean, I know that one of my favorite things is creating and sustaining some holiday traditions. And Rachel, I know that you you are so bubbly and so much fun. I know that you have to have some really cool traditions that you do with your family. Well, um, this year, 2017, I had my Christmas tree up by November 12th. Um, and my daughter was out of town. She was in. Uh, she was in New York, and she was coming home on the tw- the evening of the twelfth. And I just thought, um, yeah, it's a little bit early, but I'm already thinking about you know Christmas, and and so I thought, oh, let me surprise her, you know, because she loves Christmas too. So I worked all that Sunday, um, got the tree up, got it decorated, house decorated, got all you know all the boxes and, and put back away. And um, when she got home from the airport that evening, the tree is lit, um, the Christmas music is playing over the stereo system that that runs throughout my house. And she, and I'm expecting her to come in and her eyes to get big and her mouth to drop and a big smile. And instead, she comes in and she. She gets this very teenagery look on her face, and she's like, "Really, Mom? It's the middle of November." <laughs> she was not enthused, and then you know she went and put her stuff in her room or whatever, and it was uh, we had held off dinner till she got home. So she comes into the kitchen, we sit down to dinner, and, and Christmas music is playing in the background, and she says. Do we have to listen to the Christmas music? And I'm just like, you know, I'm like, oh, I thought she would love it. And so I'm like, okay, get, she was super, super tired from her travels. And I could tell that she mm-hmm. went to bed early. And so, you know, even though my heart was a little hurt, I was like, you know, she's tired. She's cranky. It's okay. Well, the next morning she gets up, she goes to class. In between her college classes, she goes to coffee shops and studies. And I get this text from her and she says, it worked. I'm listening to Christmas music. I found the best Christmas station on Spotify. Here's a link to it. <laughs> 
So, oh, I love it. Um, yeah, and so she, she and I both, me since November twelfth, her since November thirteenth. We've been playing Christmas music. We've been drinking cocoa out of our Christmas mugs. We're, you know, trying not to upset uh, the rest of the world who who wanted to have Thanksgiving first. But yeah, we're we're definitely in the Christmas spirit. You know, I love those kinds of stories, and I get your heart because I do the same thing. I'm always trying to really make something special, and if it doesn't work exactly the way my expectations (laughs) think that it should, then I can get derailed. But I love the fact that you said, you know what, she's tired, she's got other circumstances going on in her life, and so you didn't let her lack of enthusiasm dampen what you did as a tradition. And so I want to just kind of dive into that a little bit right now, because I have some traditions that sometimes my kids love, and other times they just kind of yawn, (laughs) you know, and go, oh, well, like the hot chocolate. Of course, everybody has to have hot chocolate at the Christmas time. And I set up a little hot cocoa bar so they can have all the different fixins to go in that. And that's become something that all the kids and grandkids look forward to. But one of the things that we also do is cinnamon rolls. Every Christmas morning, I get up and I get the cinnamon rolls. Now, I used to, when they were little, I used to make them from scratch. And it was a lot of work, but it was really yummy. And then I discovered those big Pillsbury Grand cinnamon rolls, and I was like, Uh Uh-huh. Well, that is going to be my new thing because when I'm up at three or four o'clock in the morning trying to get all the things ready for Christmas, the last thing I want to be working on is the cinnamon rolls. So it smells just as good. It tastes good. And the kids don't seem to mind. And they love it because I play Johnny Mathis singing uh, Winter Wonderland when they wake up first thing in Christmas morning. I ring the jingle bells and I say, Christmas is here, Christmas is here. And they come running down the stairs and they smell the cinnamon rolls and they have the hot cocoa and hot apple cider. And we sit there and just enjoy a moment before the craziness begins. When my kids were little, we did not have a lot of money. We were um, educators, you know, my my husband is an educator, Um, noble calling, not necessarily well-paid calling, and um, I was doing a lot of ministry work. I I didn't have a full-time job. I had what felt like 18 part-time jobs, but, you know, ministry, also a noble calling, also often uh, a not very well-paid calling. So we just didn't have a lot of money to do a lot of the things, um, you know, that that is there at Christmas time. And and there's a, a buffet of things to choose from, right? Go to the ballet and see the Nutcracker and go take the holiday home tour and visit all the beautifully decorated homes and, you know, go see, you know, there's just gingerbread competition. There's so many things that you can go and do. We didn't have the, you know, really the funds to do all of that. So what I did for many years was at the beginning, somewhere in November of the season, I would sit down with my family and I would ask them to tell me what's one thing that you really want to do this Christmas. Just one thing you really want to do. I'm not saying we'll only do that one thing, but we will definitely do that one thing. Um, So it would change from year to year, but whatever they said, that was the one thing that I made happen. And I didn't turn it into a tradition 
that we had to do every year, I just asked them every year, what, you know, what do you most want to do? And then I would make those happen. And then I figured anything else that we happen to do, you know, go to the holiday flotilla. We have a Christmas parade on boats here in Wilmington where we live and, you know, all kind of fun things that you can do. Anything else I just considered gravy. And they did too. You know, that is a tradition though. The fact, the traditional part of that is you're asking for their input. And that has become the tradition. It's not what you do, but it's involving them and they will remember that. And you know what? As we talk about holiday traditions, we are responsible for making those kinds of things happen. And I I hate to even use the word responsible. It's our joy. It's our privilege to be able to share things with our kids and get them involved in the process like you just did. You know, my kids love helping make things uh, at the holiday time. That's part of the tradition. But, you know, when we look back in God's Word, you can look at the way that He instructed us to tell our kids and to share things with them. If you look in Deuteronomy 4, it says, watch yourselves closely and don't forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. You know, I think that God wants us to have those moments of teaching and sharing and laughing together and and the way that we don't forget is by teaching others those lessons. And, and I think traditions happen around the holidays even more than during our everyday life. So what's a tradition that you do with your family that incorporates uh, God's Word or Jesus and the whole reason behind the holiday and the story? What's something that you guys do, Rachel? Well, I know that many families read the Christmas story out of the Bible, you know, Christmas morning or Christmas Eve. And we have done that some years, um, but we don't do that every year. Uh, We do go to church each Christmas Eve. um, And so, you know, definitely, uh, you know, the church's attendance is one um, But I would say for us, really, it's the Christmas carols. We're kind of a musical family. My, you know, my husband is a musician and a singer. Now, you know, I can't carry a tune in a U-Haul, but I do. Come on. Oh, no, it's true. But I do. I love to sing and I love to sing Christmas carols. So for us, it's the singing of the carols. It's, you know, my husband plays the keyboard and we like, you know, we like the really traditional, almost scriptural hymn like, you know, Hark the Herald angels sing and all of those kinds of things. I I love that too. And something that our Sunday school class always does, it's usually the Friday or Saturday before Christmas, we get together and we all pile in the church vans and our cars. And we have this caravan that we travel all around our um, city. And we stop and we sing to the folks that are in our congregation that maybe have had something happen in their world. Maybe they've lost a loved one or they've just gotten out of the hospital or they are recovering in a nursing home. And we pile out of the vans and we have our little song sheets and we sing those kinds of things. We usually sing about three songs at each stop 
and we hug them and tell them we love them and then we jump back in the vans and we take off to the next place. My kids loved that growing up and they they said, man, that was just some good times because not only were you ministering to those people that really needed to hear that somebody didn't forget them and brought a little bit of joy into their yard, but we also got to share and laugh while we were riding together in the vans and it was just a time of community where we all got together. Well, now that my kids are grown, they aren't here to do that, but that's a tradition now that some of them have started in their own families. I love the fact that you sing with your family. That's a great tradition. And I think it's a good open door, too, to be able to tell the kids and the grandkids about your own personal story of salvation and why this time of year brings hope to a dark world because you know we can we can hear it at church maybe we can hear it in our Sunday school class but i think that there's something very powerful about hearing personal stories from your own family about how god made an impact in your life and i know every year we do the christmas gathering of our neighborhood at our home and I use the conversation jar and you you've been victim to that at uh, <laughs> some of the gatherings but I have all kinds of questions in that jar and some of them are are just fun like what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid what did you want to be but then I ask some questions like uh, you know when did you know that Jesus was your Lord and Savior. I mean, there are a lot of different questions that are tucked into that jar. And when I bring those out at the holiday get-together, it's amazing to watch all of the people in the room get quiet and start really sharing. And it's, it's powerful. And suddenly, it turns into what this season's really all about. Right. Right. Well, and I think that for me, there is a longing to, to I guess, you know, go deep like that at the holidays, if that makes any sense. When I grew up, um, we did not attend church at, at Christmas with any regularity. We, we might go to church two or three times a year. I grew up in a, in a family that was just not very focused on God. And at Christmas, I, I had an aunt who um, would go to a midnight uh, service every Christmas Eve. And I was, I was jealous of that. I, I wanted to to have somewhere to go, you know, to put on the pretty Christmas dress and to go to something that seemed deep and meaningful um, as her as her church service seemed to her. So, you know, it's interesting. You talk about gathering the neighborhood where you may have believers and non-believers. Um, I do think that the holidays, yes, we're, we get very focused on our family and our traditions and our presence under the tree and, and, and those sorts of things. But I also think it's a time of year that everybody sort of longs for something um, deep and moving and meaningful. And so I think it is a great time of the year to to share your your stories of why this, you know, why do we celebrate the way that we do? You know, the first time I did that, I was a little apprehensive, honestly, because there are all walks of life 
that come to our home. And a lot of people that don't believe, but no one minded, and they keep coming back. And it, it just shows me that you're right. It, we should never back down from sharing in a way that is inviting. You know, I, I don't stand and beat anyone over the head with a Bible, but what I do is stand on how it's changed me. And I can tell you that my traditions, I remember being a single mom, not walking with the Lord, having three little ones at home, and at the time, the only thing I could afford to live in was a mobile home. And I was desperate and in despair. But I had some people that uh, gave me some of their children's used books. And they wanted me to share them with my kids. And I thought, oh, I, I'm going to use these as Christmas gifts because I didn't have the money to buy a Christmas gift. And so I wrapped up those books, and there was one doll with one of the books, and I gave that to my oldest little girl. And the two younger ones, they didn't know any better anyway. They were just happy to open a gift. And I remember that, that feeling of, wow, that was so meaningful to me. A desperate girl working three jobs trying to support children. And I thought, I want to do that kind of thing for others. I want my tradition to be where I reach out and make a, make a difference in someone's life and let them see what God has done for me. Now, those people that gave me the book, I knew they had a relationship with Jesus. They didn't tell me that. I could see it in their life. And it made me want what they had, Rachel. You know that feeling. It makes you want like you wanted what your aunt had. If we show God's light with our holiday traditions, people are going to be drawn to his light. I like in your story, you said, you know, you were so moved by that. It made you want to do that for someone else someday. And it makes me think of the verse that says, um, that uh, basically she who um, has you know has been well loved will love well is a paraphrase of it you know um, yeah when we remember the ways that we have been blessed and the ways that we have been um, needy uh, and the ways that people have stepped in and, and met those needs and and blessed us um, the the, I think the natural response, we don't always follow through with it, but the natural response is to want to be able to reciprocate um, to someone else mm -hmm. in, that, in that way. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's funny too, because I remember a, a family that reached out and invited us over uh, for a dinner. And I said, I want to I wanna invite you back. I, wanna, I want you to come to our house. And they said, no, 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 we don't do it for that. We do it so that you will find someone that needs a friend and reach out to them. And then what happens when the whole world does that? If we're all constantly on the lookout to do that holiday tradition, that new thing, that reaching out and helping others, not only are we going to make an impact on that one person, but our children and our grandchildren will witness it and when they grow up, I've seen 
they duplicate what they will live. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the, the, the books that you gave at Christmas, and that is one of our traditions. When my children were little, every year they got another Christmas-themed children's book. Um, you know, the, the big picture, beautifully illustrated stories. And so every year our collection grew larger and larger. And what I would do at the beginning of the season is I would pull all of those out of the storage and I would wrap them in wrapping paper and I would put them in a basket. And then each night at bedtime, they would draw a gift wrapped book out of the basket and unwrap it. And then we would see, oh, we're going to read the Christmas mittens, you know, and that's the one we would read that night. Um, and it was just a fun way. It was sort of kind of like an advent calendar kind of thing, you know, a, a fun way to uh, open a piece of, of Christmas on the way leading up to it. But my kids are now, you know, teenagers. I no longer wrap them and put them in a basket and we no longer draw one out and I don't read to them at bedtime anymore. But um, I pull those out and, and unwrapped, put them in a stack under the tree. And, you know, my kids will go and get them and read them at some point every December. Um, so, yeah, the traditions are a beautiful thing and that um, even though there might be some years that we roll our eyes, oh, this again, you know, that story again, um, mm -hmm. there's something comforting uh, about the ritual, about the tradition. And some years you need the comfort of the tradition. Some years you don't. And some years you're anxious to try something new. But um, there is something comforting about the traditions. And it is interesting how we do wind up um, repeating those. My mother loved the little drummer boy. In fact, we had this like three, four foot tall motorized little drummer boy um, in our entryway. My mother, my parents owned Hallmark stores and, and she could get the best decorations. And so it was this large lifelike little boy that played, you know, this drum in our entryway. Um, and I think it's because of that growing up that the little drummer boy is one of my favorite songs. It's, it's so touching to me. It literally will make me cry. Um, so, yeah, we do remember the things that we um, grew up doing or grew up with at the holidays. Uh, I love traditions, and I love to share them with the people that God puts into my life, my family, my friends, and those that I'm just meeting for the first time. I love to create those opportunities where we can get together and do something that reminds us of the season and why we have hope. You know, this holiday season, there's a lot of people that are going to celebrate in a lot of different ways. But I want to encourage each one of us to incorporate into our holiday tradition a way of telling our story to our children and our grandchildren. I know, uh, I think I've shared this before, but my sister-in-law is such a sweet, wonderful, wise woman in her 70s now, taught at the mission for years on the book of Proverbs. And I asked her, have you ever written it down and shared it with your own kids and grandkids? And she said, no, I haven't. So I encouraged her, you know, do that because someday they won't have you. And they need to know what a wise woman should do. Your great-grandkids need to understand how you looked at the book of Proverbs. And so she did. She wrote it down, and she typed it up. She had it bound, 
and she gave it as a Christmas gift. And now that's something that her grandchildren share with others. And that's what I'm talking about. What tradition this year can we do that will not only share for today, but do what Deuteronomy 4 tells us, teach them why we have hope. Okay, well, we hope that you take these traditions and let people see Jesus in the middle of your world. We'll see you back here next week, and may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time. Encouragement Cafe would like to send you our coloring book devotional for a gift of any amount. Find out how to get your copy at encouragementcafe.com.